Hello, 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 and welcome to the second episode of Getting to Know CBU, where we have one-on-one conversations with some of Cape Breton University's brilliant and coolest students. My name is Joel Inglis, and I work at CBU, and I'm lucky enough to get to work with the incredible students here on campus. I want to get a chance to share that experience with you and let you know about these wonderful people. In this second episode, I sat down with my friend and current CBU student, Juan. I've known Juan since he arrived here in Cape Breton, and I always enjoy getting a chance to catch up with him and hear about how his experience is going here at Cape Breton University. I wanted you to be able to get to know him as well, so here it is, the second episode of Getting to Know CBU. Hello, everybody. My name is Joel Inglis, uh, and I am here with uh, a student that we're getting to know today. I'm just going to let him introduce himself. Uh, what's your name? Hi, my name is Juan Jepes. I'm from Colombia. From Colombia. Okay, and um, so uh, fr- where, where from are you in Colombia? I'm from a city. It's called Medellin. And it's the second largest city in Colombia. Okay, uh, and and obviously you know that that I uh, am familiar, a little familiar with Colombia, a little familiar with Medellin. Uh, so what what uh, what were you doing in Medellin before you came to Cape Breton? I was a lawyer back in Colombia, and I was working in a company that was building a highway for the government. So it's a public-private uh, partnership. Okay, cool. And um, what are you studying here at Cape Breton University? Here, I'm studying a post-baccalaureate diploma in business management. Okay, cool. And what made you want to study in the field of business management? Well, in the position that I was doing back in Colombia, I had a lot of um, interactions with the financial area of the company, the accountants of the company. And in order for me to understand what they were doing, I felt like I needed to have a little bit more uh, knowledge about finance mm-hmm. and accounting and so I started looking for uh, courses that will teach me uh, some of this stuff. And I found out the diploma here and it fit on the things that I wanted to learn about. So cool. I, I decided to come here. Awesome. Um, and when did you arrive in Cape Breton? I arrived in Cape Breton on August 22nd, 2021. Okay. I, and I... I I have a vague memory of this because I know that we chatted the first year that you're in in Cape Breton. Um, And so you arrived kind of in the middle of the pandemic. You had to get to Cape Breton and then you had to quarantine in a hotel and all of that. Uh, So how was how was that experience for you? Yeah, when I arrived here, it was when Canada was starting to open up again to international students yeah so when i came here i had to get uh my all my vaccines because i had to be fully vaccinated to be able to come to canada but still i had to um, have a quarantine plan uh in case of the um, agents in the airport decided that i needed to do quarantine right so i also had to do book my reservation on a, a hotel approved by the government yeah to uh, do my quarantine, but I, I couldn't do my, I, I was not uh, required to do quarantine, but because of the hotel was for people who had to do quarantine, they they thought <laughs> that I was in quarantine. So they, yeah. they, they wanted not, uh, they d- didn't want me to leave the room. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and then, yeah, so you arrived in, in August. Um, so it was still, still kind of warm up. What was your... Uh, your first impression of, of Cape Breton? Oh, it was beautiful. I was uh, right on King's Road. Yeah. And the hotel was in front of the water. So, and it was still very warm. So that last week of August, the weather was nice. The sun was out. So I could go on and walks and uh, like everything was in walking distance. Mm-hmm. So it was very different from every other uh, place that I have been, and it was very different from my home country as well. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, Medellin is, um, I, I know sometimes people refer to it as the, what is it, the City of Eternal Spring? Yes, is that it? the City yeah. of Eternal Spring, because it's warm all year round. Yeah. And 
it's never too cold. Like the coldest might be like 14 degrees, and the co- the hottest it can get is like 31. And we we only have like uh, we call it winter, but the winter is just rain. Yeah, so it's more like a, a rainy season and dry season yeah, sort of thing. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so now that you have experienced a Canadian winter. Um, and and to to be fair, I don't think Cape Breton has the worst winters in Canada, and I think this past winter wasn't too bad. But what was your impression of of living in a Canadian winter? How did you find it? Well, since this was my first winter, I loved it because oh, okay. I've never met like I've never seen snow in my life, so that was very uh, nice for me. So yeah. like it was very nice to mm-hmm. have to take the shovel and get outside and get off the snow um, out of the sidewalk so that was like a new experience for me so i yeah. loved it i loved yeah. my first uh winter and yeah for me it wasn't that cold honestly uh, mm-hmm. i thought it was going to be worse um but uh before coming here uh i saw a lot of videos on youtube and yeah. they say like mm-hmm. it's obviously cold but you're only going to feel cold if you're not properly dressed exactly yeah so i enjoyed my my first winter and, and I, I remember chatting with you in uh it's like late september early october and you said i'm trying to find a winter jacket but they don't have them all yet it's like yeah because it's not it's not cold yet they don't bring out the winter jacket till it's cold <laughs> yeah yeah and <laughs> like i remember that people were saying no it's not cold but i was shivering <laughs> Because I didn't have the proper jackets. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, once I got my jacket, like you could go, you can go outside and you can wear your gloves and you can live your life like normally. Yeah, and like that—that's that's exactly what it is. It's all about like wearing enough layers to so that you you know like you can like you can put it on another layer or take off a layer and like that's how you adjust your temperature and stuff. Um, and yeah, that, that there's there's like a, a learning curve to a Canadian winter, but it's like once you learn, like it only takes a couple of days, and you're like, oh, okay, now I understand how to do this. Yeah, and yeah. when it was like the mid of like middle of winter, uh, there were some days that were above zero, so it was like uh, three degrees, four mm-hmm. degrees, even five degrees. So and you start to learn to say like oh today's a very beautiful day it's very nice out and let's go out like makes make the most of each day yeah exactly uh, and and th- those were the days that my daughter was mad because she would build a snowman one day and then the next day it would be like three or four degrees and raining a little bit or like there would be some fog or something and her snowman would melt oh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah we uh, like some of my friends uh it was for all of us, it was our first winter. So, oh, really? Like everyone you, you lived with? Yeah. All of my oh, housemates, okay. uh, we were uh, also classmates. So we had the same classes. We are in the same program. We arrived pretty much the same time, like either one week before or one week after. So we're uh, living ha- we were all having the experience together. So it was also their first winter. So okay. we didn't build any snowmans, but we did have <laughs> a little bit of a uh, snow fight. <laughs> like we made the snowballs and had the snow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The snow That's ball. wicked. And so, so yeah, you got to like, uh, and, and did you do any kind of like winter sports or anything like that? Like uh, hiking or snee- uh, skiing or anything like that? No, no. I heard that there is uh, a sport called cross country i think it's yeah like cross country skiing yeah yeah so uh i didn't do any uh winter sports Mm -hmm. um because like the um, skiing and snowboarding uh have to be outside of sydney like uh, like yeah like there's a there's a ski hill called Benyon, uh, and it's it's spelt in a way that you would never imagine. It's like B-E-N-E-I-O-N, uh, and it's yeah, it is outside of Sydney, maybe like a half hour drive or so. Yes, and the cross country, um, I heard people do it in the. I think it's the Rotary Park. Oh, okay, yeah. And I was invited, but I didn't have like the courage to the like do it and right also like the it requires some equipment as well like yeah and i think you can rent equipment through 
I think through the library, actually. Yeah, I, I, I knew that there was, but I was like, uh, let's not abuse the <laughs> the weather right now. Like, this is my <laughs> first winter. I'm just gonna enjoy it yeah. and uh, take pictures, and mm -hmm. then you go back inside and have a warm chocolate or coffee and that's it for me but uh, yeah i'm for sure looking forward to do some skiing and snowboarding cool awesome um so a part of this whole thing like getting to know people I, I i and personally i just love getting to know what kind of uh music people listen to and what what sort of songs they like and recommend uh so do you have a song that you'd want to to recommend that we play oh right now uh, it's it's a very new song uh, it's um it's a uh, from a Cuban American singer. Uh, mm. Her name is Camila Cabello with a okay. uh, Ed Sheeran, and the new song is called Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Yes. Cool. I have not heard this. All right. It's, well, let's it's check fairly it out. new, and I like it because it has like a very Latino vibes and yeah, and it sounds like Miami, and that's like I like the coastal and the beach, and it like it's a very good song. I like it. Cool. All right, let's play that. Uh, it's Camilo Cabello. Ca Camila Cabello. <laughs> Camila Cab Cabello? Yes, Cabello. Ah, I'm not good at that. Uh, and Ed Sheeran with uh, Boom Boom? Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Okay, we're back um, here with Juan asking him some questions about uh, his experience so far in Cape Breton. Um, so, okay, you, you've been in Cape Breton for about a year now. I know a lot of, well, that whole time has been uh, pandemic-y and some things have been closed down. Uh, but uh, have there been any restaurants or bars or anything that you, 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 you like so far? Yeah, I've been to some restaurants here. Um, right now, the last one I've went I went to was Naru. Oh yeah, it's uh, Japanese uh, cuisine. So um, I had sushi. That's yeah. one of my favorites, uh, and I think it was uh, very very nice. And the inside, like the restaurant, is very good. Like the decoration, the the uh, servants are very very nice. Um, I recommend like going to Naru. Yeah, it's very good. And they have they have such a nice patio too. Like I'm not sure if you ate outside. By that time that I went to, it was still cold, so we oh, okay. we were sitting down in the not outside but close to the window. So yeah, yeah, it has a nice view. Yeah, they they well I th I guess they've been there for like five or six years now. But when they built it, it was like that. Like everyone knew, like oh, that's gonna be the nicest patio in town, <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, I have seen the patio of the old triangle. That's also good. Yeah, that one's good too. And uh, have you been to Selkies? No, they're on no. Charlotte Street. Um, they have a wicked patio too. I, I just feel like I'm talking about patios because it's getting warmer, and I love the idea of sitting on a patio and having lunch. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's definitely the time for that yeah now. yeah yeah as it gets warmer out and like and especially as like it it gets like it stays light out later in the evening and you can be like on a patio at like nine o'clock at night and it's still daylight yeah um uh, columbia is is uh fairly close to the equator so um I assume, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but you wouldn't have those daylight hours till 9 o'clock at night there. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And that was something that was very surprising for me, both in winter and right now that we're in spring and mm -hmm. approaching summer. Uh, the When we were in winter, by 5, I think, it was 
dark. So but even sometimes you, even earlier, like four thirty, or like yeah. you're leaving work at like four thirty, and it's like, why is it so dark? Yeah, I, I used to leave work at five, and I was like, oh, I have to go home. It's so late. Then I look at, on my phone. And it's like, no, it's five five thirty. <laughs> I still have plenty of time to go grocery shopping, and I can meet friends, and I can do other stuff. And right now, you it's seven, and still like very very uh, yeah. bright. So you also think that you have more time. Yeah, exactly. I feel like people stay up later in the summertime because of that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. And it's, it makes you want to go out and walk, even if it's eight. Yeah. Because it's so clear outside and it's the perfect time to, like, take pictures of the sunset. And, yeah, it's a very nice time. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, I have some random kind of weird questions for you. Um so what's something that has surprised you about Cape Breton and your life here so far? Uh, it surprised me. Uh, I definitely read before coming to Cape Breton uh, about of all the um, immigration that was here before. Mm-hmm. But uh, here I found out like the like even the caper that wears the kilt. And yeah. I've seen uh, other men wearing the kilt. So you kind of feel like in America, but at the same time, you feel like you're in Ireland or Scotland. Yeah. So it's it's so interesting. That surprised me, and uh, something that I didn't expect mm-hmm. before coming to Cape Breton. And, and I'm I'm not a historian or an expert in this stuff, but from what I understand, um, like my my ancestors are, are are from Scotland, and from what I understand, um, when the the Highland clearances happened in Scotland, which was basically the like the Scottish government came in and kicked out a bunch of people in uh, the northern part of, of Scotland to make way for, for farming and agriculture. A lot of them came to Nova Scotia. A lot of them went to New Zealand. A lot of them went to the States. Um, and what what kind of happened was because we are a, um, a lower population area with a really high population of Scottish people, they maintain the culture really well. So in places like Nova Scotia, in places like New Zealand, they're a little more uh, uh, dis- distant and distinct from those large urban populations of like, you know, Sydney, Australia, or like, um, you know, the, the large urban centers in the United States. Like we- we've maintained the culture and the Scottish culture really well here. So like the fact that there are still people that fluently speak Scottish Gaelic or people like play traditional Scottish music or, you know, people will wear a kilt to a wedding. That's like, you know, the, maintaining that culture that's been here for hundreds of years, which is really interesting. Yeah. And I, I met some people that uh, speak Gaelic. Yeah. And it's very interesting. And it also, uh, I also find very interesting the fact that people can trace their ancestors so like, so back uh, in time yeah. and even before coming to Canada. And that, that's also something that I found here very interesting. Like the population is so diverse. So, it, it, do you find that's not a thing in, in Colombia? Like people can't trace their ancestors back to like Spain? No, I, okay. that's not very uh, common in, in Colombia. And since all, all of the things that have happened, uh, because of uh, politics and everything. So mm-hmm. people move from their uh, land to cities or to yeah. other places in Colombia. So you kind of mm-hmm. lose track of uh, your um, family and your ancestors. So you cannot trace all the way back to Spain. Okay, yeah. You can only like trace maybe one or two generations back. Oh, okay, interesting. So, so you find like the the, the whole genealogy uh, in, in this part of Canada, it it seems to be a little uh, easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I've met friends with uh, family, like they have uh, met and married uh, people from Germany, and they even have uh, like the trees, the geolog- yeah, uh, like a family tree. Sort yeah, of thing. with hundreds of years back. And that's something that is not very common in yeah. Colombia. Oh, interesting. Um, I have a um, an uncle who is very obsessed with that sort of thing, and he he did the family tree for my family, and it's like 
like it goes back to Scotland in like 17 something and it was like four generations of guys named John Inglis like oh. they 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 weren't very good at uh coming up with unique names so like half of the family tree is guys with the exact same name it's like John Inglis had a son named John Inglis who had a son named John Inglis yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I think and I over also um heard that there's like a tradition to name the first son yeah. the same of the father so it's like the sec <laughs> the first the second the third yeah exactly Yeah, I don't think I, I feel like that doesn't happen as much these days. Now people want to come up with like unique names and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, so, w what is something that you w wish you knew or someone told you before you came to Cape Breton or before you came to Canada? Um, let me think. Uh, I pretty much did uh, most of my research before coming to Cape Breton um, is just like coming from such a large city mm -hmm. is something that uh, I didn't, I knew that Cape like Sydney was not that big, but mm -hmm. when I came, I wasn't expecting to be uh, like the size it is. So that's like my personal uh, experiences. Like I was not uh, like, so aware of the the difference in size right and, yeah and coming from a big city you go outside and you bump bump into a lot of people and and here it's, it's not that common yeah medellin is about uh it's a few million people yeah it's it? like three million people three million and then sydney is about eighty thousand maybe ninety thousand population so yeah it, it is a, a pretty huge difference and what 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 do you think um are some of those differences coming from a, a large population to a smaller population? What are, is there anything that you noticed about like, um, you know, what, what's available or like one thing I always think about going to a city is things are open much later. So like in a place like Sydney, things, um, uh, like you have less restaurant options if you're looking to eat at midnight. Whereas in a city like Medellin, um, there might be more restaurant options late at night, that sort of thing. Is there anything you notice about like living in a smaller, smaller city? Um, well, something that I found very like interesting for me is like Sydney, even if it's a small city, like the uh, infrastructure, like the highway, it's, huge it's a, like a big city highway so right. that were for, for me that was a surprise because back home if you live in a uh, town or place that is eighty thousand people mm -hmm. the infrastructure is not that large so right. for me that was interesting um and of course you're going to notice infrastructure yeah you because have... of my background <laughs> so uh because i was the company i was working they will build we were building a highway and yeah it was not as big as this And it was for a, like, high, like the highway was for the country. And even right. it wasn't that big. Right. So that was very surprising for me. It was like, this is not so big, but look at the the roads here. Do you do you find, and um, I, I have been to Colombia, and I, I'm not sure if you think this, but do you think that, that people in Canada drive bigger cars? Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. It's... Uh, very um similar to the u.s like yeah here the, i have seen cars that you you don't see in colombia no you and you don't you don't need cars that big you don't need these giant trucks yeah, but here, whatever teach like their the, own <laughs> the dodge rams here yeah. are so common and they're huge and yeah here in, in colombia we have the four f-150 but not the 250 right and here the 250 is like The size of a small bus. Yeah, it's like a 250 extended cab with like like a lift kit and it looks just like a monster truck. Yeah. And like you don't see those. I find you don't see those cars in Colombia. Yeah, no. Like if you want those cars, you have to import them by yourself or uh -huh. with a company. But they're not uh, sold at the dealerships. And with – I live in downtown. So um, mm -hmm. I'm close to uh, – what you were talking about uh, earlier about the restaurants so i'm really close to all of the restaurants in downtown and yeah they most of them 
close really um, early but there are things that you can do like uh, I used to do with my housemates and my friends uh, we go on walks to the boardwalk yeah we go all the way up from um, NSCC when they're building the new NSCC mm -hmm. Uh, location in downtown we walk all the way up to the fetal and we yeah. walk all the way back so it's like we can go to windward park so yeah if you can have a, a coffee and tim hortons open till late you can mm -hmm. have your coffee and you can have a nice walks and you can see the water yeah. so it's like you find something to do oh yeah and I, I i feel like you're gonna see such a huge difference um this summer with like there, there's so many more things that are going on this summer than there was last summer uh like like you just said wentworth park there's this huge concert series that goes on in wentworth park and during the pandemic it wasn't happening um but now that uh now that things are opening back up there's this wicked concert that's going to go on there and like you said about like walking along the boardwalk like I mean, I, I have a almost four-year-old, so we're on that boardwalk, like, every day, like, usually walking one end to the other to get ice cream, but, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's it, it's a great place to be, uh, and it's always, like, full of people. Um, so, what, what's, so you're, you're taking the, uh, uh, the business management program, uh, what's something that you learned from, from one of your classes or from the program that you find valuable? You know, I took public communication we yeah. were required to take either public or business communication and i went for public communication and one of the advice that our professor gave us it was like when you are giving a speech and you make a mistake you're the only one that notices <laughs> like people don't know what you're going to say so if you make a mistake just go along yeah because and that advice for me, it was like, it clicked. It yeah. clicked very, very well for me. So it made, it def definitely made me more confident mm -hmm. about uh, public speaking. And that's something that I take away from that class. And it's, it was also a very nice class too. Who, who was it that taught that class? Shauna McDonald. Shauna McDonald. Okay, I don't know her as well. I know um, when, when I took communications here, Many many years ago, uh, when I was an undergrad, I took from Michael McDonald. Have you met? Oh, yes. Yeah, she she spoke about Michael McDonald, yeah. and she said like he is like the he's like the best of the best for <laughs> communication. Like yeah, she said like if you're taking another course in um, public in communication, mm -hmm. you take with him because he's one of the best. Yeah, absolutely. And the other one that that I absolutely love is. Uh, Felix O'Darty Wellington. I'm not sure if you've met him before. No, no. I, oh, he's I, just he, he's actually on the board of of uh, Caper Radio, the radio station. Um, just like one of the smartest people I've ever met. Anytime I end up in a conversation with him, I'm like, I am learning so much, and I'm not paying you for this <laughs> class right now. <laughs> just like a hallway chat. Um, okay, uh, so yeah, do you want to um, recommend another song that we can uh, play? Yeah. Yes. I like. I really like um, the weekend. Oh, cool! The weekend. Uh, Save your tears. That for me is a uh, very nice song. Cool. I, I like the rhythm and uh, the video is also very nice. Okay. Um, okay. Let's listen to that, and then we'll come back in just a minute. All right, uh, we're back. That was the weekend with Save Your Tears. All right, how you doing, Juan? Great, great. Uh, okay, so um, you're about halfway through your, your, your program here at CBU. Uh, what do you want to do after you graduate? Okay, um, right now I'm looking 
at many uh, career opportunities that are here in Nova Scotia. They're here with uh, the government as well with uh, companies in the private sector. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of opportunities that I'm looking at right now. And I can take either of those opportunities and develop my career around that using the education that I that I got here in Cape Breton. And it's something that I really like about here, Canada, that it's basically a new life. So it, if you're starting all over, you can go ahead. And if you want to uh, change your mind along the road, you can do that as well. So yeah. right now I'm looking for opportunities and there are some very interesting opportunities right now. And and when you're looking at opportunities, are you uh, you're looking at within Nova Scotia, or you're looking at everywhere in Canada, uh, where if if you don't have a specific career path, um, you're keeping your options open. Are you also looking at different geographic areas? Okay, so I look for the public private partnerships because mm-hmm. I that's something that has help uh, infrastructure and all around the world is uh, a new way of building uh, infrastructure and here I found out that there is a public partner partnership council that is based on Toronto okay yeah and so they have some really good opportunities and training and education um, I'm looking at that and I'm also looking at opportunities here in Nova Scotia because, yeah, Toronto is a really nice city um, and it's very developed. But at the same time, even though Nova Scotia is also developed, there are more projects and opportunities coming here. Right. So, um, and one of the things that made me come to Nova Scotia is like, I love the ocean and ocean living. Yeah. And so if I can stay in Nova Scotia, I will like that. Um, but I'm open to opportunities. And right. here you can easily move uh, from province to province, city to city. And that's very freeing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I, was, I was actually just up in Toronto on, on the weekend for a, for a conference. Um, and, and, and I love visiting Toronto. Um, being from Nova Scotia, being from Cape Breton, I, I, I find the pace of life in Toronto is a little faster than I want. Um, it, it is nice that you can like hop in an Uber and be in you know the other part of the city in a few minutes, or like hop on the the subway. But I just find I'm not used to traffic, uh, and once I hit a traffic jam, all of a sudden I'm like, well, there goes my plans to be there on time, or like. Um, even like walking around in in a, in a city, I feel like it's such a different experience than walking around in Sydney, where like I can't walk three blocks without running into ten people I know. Um, and I yeah, I like that. It's what I'm used to. Yeah, and also here in in Sydney, in twenty minutes you're everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> if you go to CPU, you're in twenty minutes in CPU. You yeah. have to go to uh, Glace Bay. You have to go to North Sydney. You're everywhere. You have to go. You're within twenty minutes. Exactly. And and for some people they like that. For some people they don't. I predict, like for me, it's it's what I'm used to and it's what I definitely what I like. Yeah, that that's true. That's uh, something that is very um, appealing for uh, from Sydney. Mm-hmm. And and it's like you waste a lot of time if even if you're in a bus. And it takes the bus for one hour in Toronto to reach to a place. Yeah. Here you can go even by bus in 20 minutes to everywhere. Yeah, so exactly. It's it's also he- um, very helpful for your uh, quality of life. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So I have some. I have a, 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 a quiz. Um, just some, like, r- questions to test your knowledge. There's uh, things that... You know, I'm sure that you've heard in classes or just from people in Cape Breton. Um, want to test your knowledge on a couple of these things. So Cape Breton has an unofficial motto. It is three words and it's in Gaelic. It's Sied Mil Felcha. Have you heard this before? No, that's the first time I hear that. <laughs> Do you have any idea what it means? I mean, oh my God. 
No, wait, no, it, no, it, no, it's not. Is 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 it Gaelic or is it Latin? Because it look, it it, it uh, looking at the words, it kind of looks Latin to me. Anyway, now I'm re- I'm realizing I don't know what I'm talking about, but it is Cape Breton's unofficial motto: "Sied mil felcha." Sied mil felcha. Because um... speaking Spanish, it does have a little bit of relation to Spanish. Oh no. I, I don't think it doesn't ring a bell. Okay, it means one hundred thousand welcomes. Oh, okay. mil like one hundred thousand. Cien mil. Yeah, it, it'd be the the, the same yeah. as, as I'm saying it. I'm like that kind of looks Spanish. Felcha, wait, 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 uh, Spanish for welcome to be bienvenidos, right? Bienvenidos. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that is that's the official motto of Cape Breton. Okay, in what year was Cape Breton University founded? It was nineteen eighty seven. No earlier than that. Wait, um oh wait. I think fifty six? Oh, you're close. Sixty four. We're actually celebrating our fiftieth anniversary next year or the, no, the year after next. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um what is the name of the uh sorry, which famous inventor retired to Bedeck on the west coast of Cape Breton in eighteen eighty five? I've seen that. It's uh, uh historic places. Now it's like a, a museum and like, yeah, uh, yeah, there's a museum there. It's Alexander Graham Bill. Yes. Uh, inventor of the telephone. Okay, um what's the name of the reconstructed seventeen forties battlement in Cape Breton that was once North America's third largest port city? This is the, make this is make me want to host like a quiz show. Oh <laughs> <laughs> the um the Louisbourg Fortress? Yes, the Fortress okay. of Louisbourg. All right. Um, what one do I have left? What significant achievement did... Uh, oh, I'm not going to pronounce this well. Uh, Guglielmo Marconi complete in 1902 in Glace Bay. Um, <laughs> I have no clue. The first transatlantic radio transmission. Um so there, okay, back in the '90s, there was these uh, ads that played on Canadian TV. So like every Canadian would know this because of these these ads. And they were like historical moments, and they would like show like a clip from his history. So every Canadian, at least like around my age, would know through the air across the ocean the first time ever, which is like the big quote from the commercial. Anyway, wow, uh, that's very interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. There's a whole bunch of like, uh, like first and technological stuff that happened in Cape Breton. Like the the first um, manned flight in Canada took place in Cape Breton, and it was like just after the Wright brothers did it. Uh, it was uh, was it in Bedeck as well? I think or near Bedeck. Anyway, one more, and I know you know this one. Uh, what was Cape Breton's largest employer and number one export between 1900 and 1950? That would be steel. Yes. Perfect. That is a passing score. Well done. <laughs> I really want to add in like sound effects like do, 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 and things like that. I don't know okay. if I know how to do that. Though. And also a round of applause <laughs> every time you get there. <laughs> There should definitely be applause. You're right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know if I have any other questions. Um, oh, no. I actually do want to ask this one. Wh- uh, what's something that you feel that you have taught uh, your classmates or housemates or professors since you've been in Cape Breton? Oh, have you been teaching people Spanish? Yeah. I've been <laughs> teaching people Spanish. Um, and I've been learning from them, uh, their language as well. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, uh, I taught them, like, because most of my friends and housemates are from India. So I've taught them about uh, a lot of things that um, are traditions in in my culture. And we found out that they're very different, very similar, Mm. even though it's very far away. 
we celebrate uh, with candles, and India celebrates with candles as well. And um, we have. Uh, so, wait, wait, sorry, when you say you celebrate with candles, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because, like, um, obviously, I've watched Encanto about a, a thousand times this year, okay. and like one of the big things about Encanto is this candle. Um, so, how 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 is Colombian culture celebrate with candles? So. Um, Colombia is a very uh, Catholic uh, country, mm-hmm. and you light candles to uh, the saints and Virgin Mary, and yeah. we have one day in a year. It's on December seven and eight, seven or eighth of December, mm-hmm. where we candle we light candles, a bunch of candles, as many candles as you want and you can have. You light them, and it's for the Virgin Mary. Okay. And they in India they have the Diwali, yeah. where, where they also light candles. Mm-hmm. And we um, we also have uh, in December nine days where we celebrate. Uh, um, it's called Novenas because it comes from nine. So we celebrate right. nine days before uh, Jesus Christ was born. Mm-hmm. And they also have a celebration that lasts for nine days. So. W- I have taught them about my culture, and but at the same time I have learned from their culture. So, yeah. and even with food, we have uh, something that we call panela, and they call it jaggery, okay. and it's uh, raw sugar cane that comes in a block, and it's brown. And I I was trying to get it here in Sydney because it does a Colombian thing, and it's also used in other countries of South America, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get it. And I thought I only could get it in Halifax. But then when I spoke to my housemates from India, I told them, no, I'm looking for this. And they were like, maybe you want to try this. And it is the same thing. <laughs> it is the same thing. But pa- Panela, I, see, I, I feel like I've heard that word before. But, like, I would have assumed that had something to do with bread. Because P-A-N is bread, it's bread right? Yeah. yeah. No, it's um, raw sugar. It's uh, the sugar cane. And, you know, raw sugar is brown. Yeah. So it is like a big block of uh, raw sugar, but it doesn't taste like raw sugar. Uh, raw sugar. It is sweet. Yeah. And you can have it cold or um, or hot. Do you use it in cooking? Is it an ingredient? You can use it in cooking, but it's mostly to uh, have it as a, like after lunch or you can have okay. coffee in it instead of uh, adding sugar. You just make the coffee in the... Uh, agua panela because like panela is the block yeah and agua panela is when it's diluted agua is water yeah so it's like the diluted uh okay panela you can have it cold with uh, lemon and it tastes really good and you can have it uh, hot with uh, lemon ginger and other things and it's really good as well and so this 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 other thing that they have in india um it's basically the exact same it's product the exact same thing and and now we have that available here in Canada. yeah uh, okay. they got it in the um, indian market that is close to um big ben oh okay yeah the Sindagi, one i think it's the name uh i'm not sure the name of it but it, it's next to uh, the restaurant there yes next yeah. to the restaurant actually when i was a kid i think that was the uh the video game store <laughs> Um, cool. So, in 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 terms of of like access to food and things like that, um, I know uh, Canadian food and Colombian food are not very similar. Do you find do you have access to the things that you want to to cook with in in Cape Breton? Well, th- that's the thing. I don't cook that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, I um, for me, if I can have a salad with a chicken breast. That for me is a meal. Oh, okay. And I also love um, the macaroni and cheese, mac and yeah. cheese. And if I ha- can have the instant soup as well, that for me. I so you're not looking for chicharron or no, no, no. <laughs> it's not something that uh, I'm I, I'm used to cook, and yeah. that's something that it is the traditional food. But mm-hmm. um, we also we used to have it uh, like on sad Sundays and with family gatherings, and it's usually uh, cooked for a lot of people. So right. it's, yeah. it doesn't make sense to make it just for yourself. 
Oh, so like a lot of Colombian dishes, you can't really cook one person's food worth. You know, and if you ask any Colombian, like, we are used to making a lot of food. Yeah. It's for a lot of people. So you don't learn to measure for a singular, <laughs> like, a singular servings, like one one serving per person. No, that we make a lots, lots. Right. So that that's the thing for me. So for me, food, it's been, for me, it's not, not a trouble. Oh, okay. Um, and, and, and any other cultural things that you've, you've noticed? Like, I, I think I cut you off when you were saying about the, the cultural things that you were teaching to, um, you know, housemates and things like that. Is there any, any other things that you noticed? Mm, no, the, the other thing might be that Indian food is very similar to uh, Mexican in terms of uh, spicy. Oh, okay, How spicy yeah. it is. Yeah. And in Colombia, we do have spicy food, but it's only a choice. Like, if you want it spicy, the spice will be added. Yeah, I don't find Colombian food is particularly spicy. No, no. No. Not at all. Um, yeah. Delicious, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Sometimes there's too much served at lunchtime, that's for sure. Especially, what, what what's the dish from Medellin? Bandeja paisa. Bandeja paisa, which is like um, blood sausage chicharron rice avocado egg chorizo chorizo yeah there's like three different kinds of meat Meat, on one plate like it's oh it's delicious but it's heavy but like you need a nap after that yeah exactly (laughs) you like you cannot have that at lunchtime without being like okay i need to have a nap immediately (laughs) yeah okay i think we're, we're we're running close on time um Thank you so much, Juan, for taking the time to uh, um, d- to come sit with me and to let me ask you uh, a bunch of random and probing questions. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Joel. And it was such a fun experience. Thank cool. you. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Have a great day.
Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Juan for being on this episode of Getting to Know CBU. If you're looking to find out more information about Cape Breton University's programming or anything else, go to cbu.ca. And if you want to chat directly with me, you can go uh, click on Connect with a Recruiter, and we'll get back to you right away.